Hey, hey, Leah Ryan here. Welcome to episode 24 of the Authors Read podcast. Today's guest is D.S. Allen, and he'll read from his book, The Headmaster's Cave, The Adventures of George and Flanagan, book one. Hello, this is D.S. Allen, and I'm going to read out for you today chapter one of my novel, The Headmaster's Cave. Uh, This is book one of the adventures of George and Flanagan. Book two is The Bone Whisperer, and I'm currently writing book three. The genre would be a mystery adventure for older middle grade readers or younger young adult readers, um, or for adults who are still children at heart. So I hope you enjoy it. This is chapter one. It was a sombre sky for a sombre occasion. Apart from years one to three, the whole school, class by class, had gathered behind Ballymagee Primary School to witness the unveiling of the memorial for the upcoming 100th anniversary of the children's deaths. George Stewart had dreaded the coming of the day, not because he was against the memorial, not at all, but because his ancestor was said to have been responsible for that terrible tragedy. The infamy of Henry Morris had stained the town of Ballymagee and had endured even as generations had passed away. The cave where he took them had even been named after him, the Headmaster's Cave, and George was related to him, Henry Morris, who was known by many as the Butcher of Ballymagee. At first he had stood up for himself. It was long ago, long before he had been born. But the more he protested, the more he stood up for himself, the worse it had got. It was better to remain silent, and as the years passed, so his hatred for that monster grew and festered. He had spoken to Nanny about it, and she had tried to explain that no bodies had ever been found. No one really knew what had happened. Mum refused to speak about it at all, and Dad had just said that it was better to forget about it and live in the present. Yes, no bodies had ever been found. Had they even died? Johnny Mac never tired of saying how the headmaster had kidnapped and murdered them. He took great delight in describing the horrible crime in as much graphic detail as possible. But then, that was Johnny Mac. And if they had somehow survived, what age would they be today? 111? 112? Could people even live that long? No. Even if they had survived, they could not just have vanished into thin air. Yes, a memorial was fitting for the occasion. Those poor children had perished. They must have. But the mystery of how and why had still not been solved. Keep it down, Seven Sea, Mr Bailey said, and keep in line. Seven Sea was farthest away from the veiled memorial, with the younger classes standing closer. Doogie was staring intently at Kitty Curran, who was standing at the other end of the line, 
Why was he always staring at her? George nudged Doogie's hand. Everything okay? Doogie shrugged and instead turned his attention to Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey's pained expression reflected his heightened anxiety. He had warned the class more than once to be on their best behaviour. He had even taken Johnny Mac to one side to warn him. That hadn't gone down too well. Johnny was always complaining about being picked on by the teachers. Yet, it was hard to feel sympathy for him. A car pulled up and an aide scurried out to open the passenger door. The mare was quite a distance away, but she appeared to be even younger than George's mum. A swarm of dignitaries immediately closed in to shake her hand, until finally Principal McCluskey presented herself along with a year six pupil called Emily Love. Emily handed over a framed picture to the mare, though George couldn't make out any details. The mare shook Emily's hand and seemed genuinely delighted as she pointed out something in the picture to Emily. Mayor Thompson then made her way over to the memorial. Principal McCluskey held up her hand to silence the chatter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mayor Thompson began. Today has been a long time coming. Too long, if you ask me. Successive mayors have talked a lot about the need to erect a memorial to honour those who so tragically lost their lives. Finally, that day has come and we can now unveil a fitting memorial. It is true that terrible events happen every day in towns and cities across the world, but in our small town of Ballamagee, the loss of so many young lives nearly 100 years ago has branded the very soul of our town. There's hardly one family that hasn't been touched. And you have all touched me deeply through your efforts to transform this unused field into a sanctuary of peace and beauty. The money raised by you has helped to plant trees, to landscape and to transform. In the midst of sorrow and tragedy, you have helped bring life. Mayor Thompson then motioned for Emily Love to join her. Emily, with a startled look at first hesitated, but then shuffled over when encouraged by Principal McCluskey. The mayor put her arm around her. Needless to say, there were many inspirational designs for the final memorial piece, but it was Emily Love's idea that touched us the most. The mayor turned to Emily. Emily, will you unveil the memorial? Emily's eyes widened. Mayor Thompson led her by the hand and seemed to explain to her how to unveil the memorial. Emily pulled a cord and the veil parted like curtains. Gasps resounded from the onlookers. It was beautiful. A metal sculpture of a young girl kneeling on a plinth. Her arms extended upwards and in her cupped hands she held a dove that was preparing to take flight. The plinth seemed to be made of smooth stone, like graveyard headstone. Centred on the plinth was an inscribed plaque. 
Before we finish, I would like to read out the names and the inscription, Mayor Thompson said. Sarah Aiken, George Dixon, Margaret Greer, George Geddon, Brendan McCurdy, Niall McLean and Rose Watt. In the peace of eternity they rise on wings. We will remember them. Henry Morris had not been mentioned. In the deathly silence George's face reddened. He lowered his head, for he felt the glare of a hundred eyes burning into him. I'd like to thank Diaz for sharing his book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!